Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host for the next hour. Business Buzz tries to keep you up to date on, oh, news, interesting things. I like to always give you the second opinion on most things, so you'll always hear something controversial. And we're here in Chico in the wintertime, and boy, it's really been quite a winter this year, hasn't it? All the snow in the mountains and all the wind and rain here. Hopefully that drought will end. I'll have to kind of keep up with that and look up what they say about the snowpack, but it sounds like they've got record snow in the mountains, so maybe we can actually end up with a... uh, end of the drought. That would be kind of nice, but who knows? I did want to clarify today, I had a response from my discussion of the, uh, it was about Judas and Thomas. I was familiar with the gospel of Thomas. Somebody mentioned the gospel of Judas and I honestly haven't had time to do a lot of research on that. My business, as you know, keeps me pretty busy all the time. So between family around the holidays and uh, business things always to be done, especially with the start of the new tax season, I haven't had time to look everything up. I just wanted to clarify that I'm not trying to elevate these what they call Gnostic Gospels. Thomas is one that uh, whether, you know, some... You know, that's what's, what kind of strikes me a little bit is a lot of people pretty much disavow or don't believe these other texts that have been discovered, like Gospel of Thomas, and I guess this Gospel of Judas, which I really haven't read. What does strike me as a bit odd is that these Gospels were supposedly written between maybe 100 A.D. and 300 A.D. So we're still talking three or four generations away from actual witnesses to the to Christ's time on earth. But what gets me is the same thing as the Bible's the same way. That was all taken down three, four, five hundred years after after Jesus left the earth. So why is one considered gospel truth, which would be the Bible, but the others are so so doubted? Uh, I'm not sure how much they're doubted. I think they're doubted. I'm not a biblical scholar at all, so don't quote me. I'm not even a huge I'm not a huge Bible studier either. I've studied Course in Miracles for many, many more hours than I've studied the Bible. So I'm not an expert and I'm not a Bible authority at all. But I don't know where the arguments are where these Gospels are any less worthy of some sort of belief in them than the Holy Bible itself. That's just where I'm coming from because they're all written many generations after the actual facts occurred. And so if you believe one, why can't you believe the other? 
That's just my thought on that. Of course, as you know, on Business Buzz, I pretty much just wing it because I don't have a script, as you can tell. I just try not to say um too much. That's the main thing I learned with Toastmasters. It's okay to have a silent pause. That's what, if you ever have to speak in front of a group or if you're ever teaching, my son's a professor now, so I haven't seen him in the classroom teaching, but I'm sure he's pretty good at it. I always emphasize to him, it's okay to have a silent pause, which means you don't have to say um as soon as you're silent. In fact, sometimes silent pauses are very powerful when you're trying to present a point or get the audience to think and listen to what you're talking about and and give a thought to what you just said. A silent pause is actually a very effective pause many times. And if you do stumble, like here on Business Buzz, sometimes I lose my train of thought. It's just a lot better to let a silent pause occur than an um. But everybody does it. I still do it. I've been working at it for years. I still do it. Not a big deal. So Business Buzz, we're going to... We're going to do the usual. I'm going to start locally and see if we have any business news here. And then we'll expand outward as we usually do. An interesting business lately is the business of sports because we have a local celebrity who's made some headlines lately. Aaron Rodgers, who's the one of the better quarterbacks of all time and he is going for one more Super Bowl. I I hope he gets it. I'm I'm a 49er fan, but they're not I don't think they're slated for the Super Bowl anytime soon. But I do believe the Packers could be and Aaron Rodgers uh, is a good quarterback. He has won one Super Bowl. I think it's been about 8 or 9 years now. He could win another one. That would be nice. But he's been very much in the news just talking about how the fact that it's why can't we debate medical things and everybody should have a debate about opinions. And I've always agreed with that. It's like, what's the harm in an in opinion? What's the harm in, in a debate? In fact, today that some of the stuff I've brought today has to do with that. But I don't want to give away any any upcoming secrets. So locally, I always check the Chico ER for their business news because that's the one I do subscribe to. I came across an article from late December and it says uh, volunteers needed for tax preparation. So I thought, hmm, you know, if I was retired, I'm sure there are some retired CPAs or tax professionals who do this If I was retired, I would definitely want to volunteer because that would be fun. You could help people, and the fact that you're retired, you have time to do that during tax season. So this just says the African American Family and Cultural Center is seeking volunteers for its 8th Annual Volunteer Income Tax Assistance Program. Sponsored by the Internal Revenue Service, trains volunteers in Tax Slayer, an income tax preparation program. And a quote from 
An office coordinator says, this will be my eighth year doing it. It's not hard to learn. I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people and helping them do their taxes for free. That way I find out they owe, at least they didn't pay $300 to learn they owe more. And if they find out they get money back, they leave really happy. So anyway, uh, I would imagine if you're a low-income person, you could contact, uh, it says, uh, preparation service is open to anyone of low to moderate income in need of tax assistance. It's the AAFCC VITA program. It sounds like the number, if you want it, in this article is area code 530-532-1205. So if you're low income, and when they say 300 on this quote, uh, my minimum is lower than that. I don't even like to do, when a tax return's that simple, I would hope that people would go to the VITA program or just try to do it themselves if it's that easy with maybe just a W-2. I... I have to charge a certain amount just to keep my business going, but I do hate to see people who really don't have a lot of money spend uh, $100 or $200 for something that they probably could have done very quickly on their own, or they could go to this VITA program and probably maybe get it done for free with a volunteer help. I would encourage that if you're low on funds and you have a simple tax return. I would say that'd be a good good idea to try. Then I came across another article. That was a, that last one was local, of course. Now we're getting to the to the California state area here. It says this is also from the Chico ER. Researchers worry that low-income Californians may have trouble repaying unemployment benefits. So obviously that caught my eye. A new state policy may require nearly 900,000 Californians to return their unemployment benefits because they may not have been working or looking for work. But some researchers worry the clawback campaign could force low-income individuals to pay back thousands of dollars they no longer have. So there's a proof-of-work requirement for the pandemic unemployment assistance. I can tell you right now, the people who needed that unemployment, there's a good chance they're not going to have it if they're supposed to pay it back. So I guess they, I mean, I don't know the answer to all this and I'm not going to read this whole article. I would suspect that the reason they might need to pay something back is they either aren't working or they aren't looking for work. So I guess if you've received unemployment and you're Part of that agreement is you're going to look for work. You need to go look for work. If you don't find work, of course, that's the way that'll go. But it sounds like there's people who haven't been looking for work and they're going to get, they call that a clawback when they give, they make you, when they take back money that they gave you before. I don't think the people that I know that needed the unemployment, especially during the COVID year of 2020 and I guess part of 21, they probably don't have the money left to pay it back. That's That sounds like it's going to be a bit messy. I don't know what's going on there. Of course, these days, uh, now the state government can't print money, so that's the problem there. If it was a federal issue, they could just print the money and 
There you go. Problem solved. That's the whole problem we've got these days. The federal just feels a federal reserve and our federal government that's supposed to be, according to the Constitution, it's the Congress that's supposed to coin the money. But back in 1913, we gave that away and now it's private banks doing it. Boy, that was a real smart move. Well, it's not like anybody had a choice. There's a certain group of people, and I mean criminals, who have basically been running everything for, if not centuries, at least decades, and uh, that's why we're in the mess that we're in. I didn't mention any names. Nobody can sue me. Well, we're coming up against that first break of the day. I'm so glad you have a little bit of time to spend with me on Business Buzz here on a winter day in Chico. I've got some interesting things to talk about, and I will be right back after these messages, so stay tuned. Glynn County Transit Service at 225 North Tehama Street in Willows says this holiday season, let's remove the heartache from our disadvantaged children and replace it with love by joining the Toys for Joy mission. Do your part and open your heart for the less fortunate youngsters in our community. This message is brought to you by the staff and operators at Glynn County Transit Service. For further information, please call 888-800-7433. That's 888-800-7433. Glynn County Transit Service. Just call Royal Land The people who care We do the job right So you can sleep tight Just know when we're there We've got the best In quality With Lennox High Efficiency For heating and air Just call Royal Land So call Royal Land Yeah, we'll show you we care with service done right, all day and all night, our prices are fair. Call anytime, our estimate's free. We're number one, so now you can see, for heating and air. Just call Royal Air. So don't take chances, go with the best. Number one in the North Valley, Royal Air Heating and Air Conditioning. On the web at wecareroyalair.com or call us at 899-9999. Be sure to listen to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries, Monday through Fridays at 10 a.m. on Life Radio, KKXX, AM 930 and FM 104.5. Weekdays at 10 a.m. and Saturday morning at 8 here on KKXX. If we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. Attention KKXX listeners, be sure to tune in weekdays at 8 a.m. for Hope for Today. We are excited to have the opportunity to air the Hope for Today program with David Hawking. Please make sure to support the ministry work of David Hawking and all the other wonderful ministries that allow us to spread the good news of Christ here on the North Valley's home for Christian talk. KKXX 930. 
Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. It's winter time. It's going to be tax season time pretty soon. It's football playoff time coming up in a week or two. That's always fun. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers just because he was making news outside of the actual football world. So I thought that was interesting, having a local personality um, on the national news. Of course, I agree with him. What's the matter with discussing things? My next subject has to do with people who are afraid to discuss things. So I was looking up, so I was thinking my whole point of this, I do a lot of reading at night, uh, not a lot of reading, but I read at night and I read a lot of, I don't read fiction. I really haven't read fiction for years and years. I used to back when I was in college, but I just, I don't have time to read fiction. I'm afraid. And I read a lot of history. So I've got Kindle and Nook and I look at history books and I like when I read in the evening, I don't have like a full hour. It's usually just 20 minutes or a half hour before I go to sleep. So I like books that'll have maybe, you know, 10 or 20 page chapters that are short enough to get through a chapter in a history summary book, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. Lately, I've been looking at a lot of things about the American Revolution just to learn. It's To me, it's always been an interesting thing to study, find out about who was doing what. I find it interesting. I like the alternative. I've got a book called Founding Myths that is basically sort of a thing debunking the old myths and showing that some of these myths like... Uh, well, what are the ones, I don't know, like just anything, the, the Paul Revere ride, all of those things, uh, Sam Adams, the Boston Tea Party. When you dig into what really happened on these things, a lot of times it was all something that came from like a history book written in the 1800s that was, you know, 70 years after the revolution. And it, then it becomes sort of like that is, that's what everybody thinks actually happened, but it's not necessarily true. It's sort of, it becomes the truth after people hear it over and over. Those are the kind of books I've been reading, and they're kind of interesting. I was reading about the Stamp Act and uh, the the act, uh, the one that sparked the tea, uh, the Boston Tea Party, and then they had the Intolerable Acts, and a lot of it came down to that argument that the colonists had of taxation without representation. In other words, if you're being taxed, but you don't have a representative in the place setting the taxes that you're having to pay, that's the theory that they had back then saying taxation without representation. So I started putting that into a thought process of the current of our current government situation. And I thought, well, I don't know everything and maybe it's not true, but if, if it's true that there have been problems with these voting machines for the last 20 something years, if that turns out to be true, and I'm not saying it is, so don't accuse me of 
Don't accuse me of being a conservative conspiracy theory nut. But if it were to be true, wouldn't we then be subject to taxation without representation? In other words, if the people who've been making our laws were not actually elected, then we would be subject to taxation and a lot more than that without representation. That's what struck me. And I took that a little bit further and I thought, okay, I've heard a lot of stories about these machines and I won't mention, I won't mention any names uh, because it turns out that people get sued when you mention these company names in the context of maybe those things aren't doing things correctly. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. If they aren't, we may be subject to taxation without representation. This issue is coming up, and I did look this up just to see where we're at. And it sounds like there's another state that's going to dig into the machines and there's a court in Pennsylvania has ruled in favor of the Amistad project and Fulton County allowing the county to send its voting machines to the state senate for inspection on January 10th so things are getting interesting nationally on that whole subject. How can I tie that to business buzz? Okay, how about the business of elections? Sounds like a lot of places get paid to set up software and machines to count ballots. Interesting. I looked it up, and we do that in Butte County also. That same unnamed company is used in Butte County's elections. To me, that's very interesting. It was always my theory when I heard that Great Britain counts votes by hand. That was always my theory of why I would say the only election since 2016 that has really shocked anyone anywhere was that Brexit vote for the Great Britain to leave the EU. And it turns out that if that is the only one that ever happened since 2016 that was a shocker, could it be because those are counted by hand and that you don't have shocks when they're counted by machines? I don't know. You tell me. What do you think? So, the machines are coming under attack. I am concerned about your money in the bank. I'm not a financial, I'm not a certified financial advisor. I'm a certified public accountant. I can do taxes. I can audit S&P 500 companies, though I choose not to. And I, I don't think I could 
I wouldn't even know how to bid on a job like that. If uh, if Apple needed a new auditor for their quarterly filings with the SEC and all that, I don't think the little office of Harold Littlejohn CPA could possibly take that on. But it'd be interesting. So the reason I'm concerned about your money in the bank is that the Dodd, I've got an article here how Dodd-Frank, which is the, it's the law that got passed in 2010 after the financial crisis of 08, and it, it has some interesting things in it that no one talks about. So I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Uh, I think I'll read it after the break. We're coming up on that other break. I'm glad you have time to spend with me a little bit today on Business Buzz. I hope to keep you informed and maybe entertained. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, and I'll be right back in just a minute or two. Sometimes insurance can be a confusing business. I can't stress enough the importance of having a single professional insurance agent to help make sense of all your personal and business insurance policies. You don't want to get caught without the right coverage. For all your insurance needs, trust Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Call 891-7900 for a free consultation and a policy review. 891-7900 for Brad Jacobson, your local farmer's insurance agent. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Kinson at Community Church of God in Chico. Community Church of God has been a fixture in Chico for many years and now will be coming to you over the airwaves. Our program is called Your Message for Today, broadcast on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We hope that you enjoy the Bible-based teaching and preaching that will be featured on these programs. We'd also like to extend to you an invitation to come and visit us at Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue in Chico. Our services are at our 11 a.m. Sundays and Bible studies at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Come and worship with Community Church of God. Community Church of God, 1095 East Avenue, Chico, California. And our phone number, 530-345-4300. That's 530-345-4300. God bless you. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash earthquakes too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. 
Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. Where is the bathroom? That just might be your first survival question. And if your home is damaged or your bathroom no longer works, you will need to find another bathroom. And outside is your immediate answer. But very quickly, you will need a designated area with a little privacy. A bathroom is what you want, but an outhouse might be what you have to use. Or if you have that immediate need, your only option left is a hole in the ground. And if that is your option, your last option, you need to remember some basic rules. First, to not contaminate your water source. So have your hole in the ground be away or away from wherever you were getting your water. You will want to think of what the best location will be for it to have it not too near nor too far away from your general living area. And privacy is always a concern. So if nothing else, is the most important element of this for your simple survival latrine. You can dig a hole with a shovel, and that works. But for the best results, you will want to use a post hole digger, and that will be about 50 times better than a shovel so that your hole can be six inches wide at the top and have it be in the shape of an upside-down funnel. And then at the bottom of that hole, it might be uh, two feet wide or something like that. And that hole will be, oh, hopefully it'll be 30 inches deep. And you can expect a latrine like this to last for months. Um, And here's a nice finishing touch is to have a piece of plywood to stand on over the hole with a rounded cut about 6 inches wide and 12 inches long, and then a covering over that. That would be a lid. So with this idea, remember, it is only for a quick emergency measure. You will definitely want to have something better, but it is a quick answer to a long-term problem. The best permanent bathroom will have a proper septic or sewer connection. Again, it's only temporary, but it does answer an immediate need. This is episode 81. Start your preparations now before there is an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. Remember to give thanks to God for the blessings that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. Email prepareforgod at usa.com. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art. How great thou art. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, 
When Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad you have a little time to spend with me today. I try to be entertaining, informative, a little bit educational. It does appear that for tax law changes, not a lot has happened and that Build Back Better had some things in it, but it's not passed yet. Unless that passes, I don't think we're going to have a lot of tax changes for this year. Last year, being COVID-related, things happened right in the middle of tax season, and it really caused some wrinkles. One of the things that was weird, we were talking about unemployment earlier today about the state of California wanting to get some back. In early, it was in March of last year, the law decided that the first 10,200 of everybody's 2020 unemployment income was going to be not taxable. The problem is some people had already filed their income tax with that income in there. And at the time the IRS said, we will fix this automatically. Don't send an amended return. It turns out that some people who had that happen, they didn't fix it automatically and they sent some bills out. So it was really, it's really been kind of a mess. The IRS has been behind one person who called. They got through. I can't always get through, so I just tell my clients, you know, sometimes you guys might have to do this because, yeah. It takes so long to get through on the phone. I can't always do it every day. And one client did get through, and the person at the desk told them that they're still working on letters and correspondence from June, and that was in December. So they're six months behind. Everything I've sent in for my on my clients' behalfs over the last few months to the IRS, things in writing explaining why the bill is wrong, uh, here's the proof of their payment, it takes them months to even get that looked at and posted. A lot of the payments that were made in October with the end of the filing season on extension, they didn't credit those payments and they were sending bills to people when the people had actually paid and the check cleared like October 18th or something when they mailed it on the 15th, something like that. Bottom line is the IRS is way behind. Part of the Build Back Better tax part was 80 million or 80 billion, I don't know, some large number for extra IRS help to get them back up to speed with audits and more agents and things. And that hasn't passed yet. Like I said, honestly, the IRS is probably the one most obtrusive entity in the government because it 
it pretty much makes everyone feel like the big brother's watching them. If it wasn't for income taxes, a lot of basic regular working people that weren't uh, involved in any self-employed things or payroll taxes or anything like that, they wouldn't be bothered with filing anything or paying any taxes. All because of the federal income tax, every person in this country has to be subject to reporting their income. You know the you know the routine. I, I don't need to explain it like that. All I'm saying is that it's so intrusive that people are required to list where they get their income, where which banks they earn their interest in. And of course the government always uses the excuse, well, it's to it's to fight crime and to cure drug laundering and it's so beyond that it's not even funny it's it's a complete intrusion into everyone's life someone might think well th- this guy's a CPA he makes his living doing taxes H- how could he say that well i can say it because i mean i want to help people so it helps me to be able to you know make sure they do it right and then make sure that they do get all the tax breaks they're legally entitled to that's my whole that's my whole business is getting everybody the least tax that's legally possible that doesn't mean i have to agree with the entire theory it's sort of like well i i use a bank account but i don't agree with the federal reserve system and the fact that our money is being debased by the minute. That's another interesting thing. that I've talked about this before. I think I need to mention this because I just listened to a person who studies these things and looks, looks things up to verify it. I don't have time to be a real researcher like some of these YouTube people that I listen to. Well, I'll say in these rumble people I listen to because the good ones have all been kicked off of YouTube and they're now on rumble. What was interesting is if you if you pay attention to the financial news, you've heard, and if you haven't heard, I'll tell you, the Federal Reserve is worried about this inflation we're all experiencing, but they're coming out and saying they're going to fix everything, and they're saying they're going to taper and raise rates. Now, if you hear, it's easier to understand raise rates. Everybody can relate to that. If they say they're going to raise rates, that just means they're going to make interest rates go higher to try to cool down the uh, inflation. Well, back in the 1970s when inflation was going crazy, the way they fixed it was they raised these interest rates up to like 20%. Mortgages at that time, were some of them were 20%. People were earning like 17% interest on treasury bonds. Uh, I had some clients that just up until the like 2009 were still earning 17% on their 30-year-old 30-year treasury bonds. It was pretty amazing. The problem is now with all the debt, the 29 trillion that's soon to be 30 trillion, if the interest rates were to go to 20% on 30 trillion, that would be 6 trillion a year just for interest. So that would obviously uh, put put the entire world into a complete depression. My point is that 
the remedies they have for inflation are not available to them due to the money printing and the debt that I've been talking about for, well, ever since I started Business Buzz, I've been talking about that. So they're really in a hopeless situation as far as fixing anything. And after this break, I'm going to get back to the subject of taper, which is a little more, a little harder to understand than raising rates, but I'll explain what they're doing, what they're not doing, what they're saying they're doing, and what they're actually doing. Of course, those are all different. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back. It's a bright new day. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and there's never been a better day to try Mount Shasta spring water. Hi, I'm Bob the Drop. I come from a protected spring at the base of Mount Shasta. I'm bottled at the source. It doesn't get more cool and refreshing than that, and it's delivered right to your door. Yep, pure and simple, naturally the best. Start your bright new day by calling 1-800-922-6227 to order some of the best tasting water on the planet. Mount Shasta spring water. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. NMLS License 230273, BRE License 01250862, employed by Network Mortgage, BRE License 01840139, NMLS License 358237, Equal Housing Opportunity. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And at 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. What's your favorite part of Christmas? Just being with family. Just having family and friends around. I think it would revolve around family. Get together with family. Being with family and friends. Here's a question. What part of Christmas really gets under your skin? Just being with family. Just having family and friends around. I think it would revolve around family. Get together with family. Being with family and friends. Many of the things we love about the holidays can also be the very things that stress us about the holidays. But remember, the best Christmas memories will always be found in family. You found Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM.
Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Thank you for spending a bit of your busy afternoon with me. I believe the schools are not back yet, so the school traffic probably isn't too bad today, but I'm sure they'll be getting back to class. I believe classes are back to being live. I not having a small child, I'm just not aware of all the different rules and mandates and whether they're in the class or still from home, uh, limiting, spacing out. I I just, I can't keep up with everything. There's too many rules these days. Everybody's got rules. I don't like rules. I mean, basic rules are fine, but all these little mini rules, that's not so... That's not so necessary. I'm going to uh, continue with what I was talking about on the uh, subject of the Federal Reserve raising rates, the fact that they can't raise rates, so we're really stuck on the inflation problem. And the other thing is they claim they're going to taper. Now, when they say taper... Here's the deal. Ever since 1987, I think that was the year of the big stock market crash. Yeah, I believe, I don't know. I think it was 87, yes. I remember because I was commuting from Chico down to work in the Bay Area. And I remember that morning in October. The market lost 25% in one day. It was a pretty major disaster. Ever since then, they started what's called the Plunge Protection Team. They've got a name for it. I've, I've talked about it on Business Buzz. They call it the President's Council on Working Markets or something. Uh, I prefer to call it the Plunge Protection Team. So every time you see a day where the stock market dumps down and looks bad, a lot of times it'll recover in the last 10 minutes of the day, and then the next day it'll make up most of the losses that had just suffered that uh, day before. That's called the plunge protection team. Our tax money and our debt, it's not really our tax money because we don't pay enough tax. The entire individual income tax, I believe, comes to a trillion and a half dollars a year. And we're spending like deficits of six or eight trillion a year now. The point of even collecting tax has pretty much been negated by the debt. So the debt is our problem, and that's where I call it money printing. And the reason they have to money print is to keep all these fake markets afloat. My problem with people who have all of their retirement money in the stock market is, sure, it keeps going up every year, and it may keep going up for another five or ten years, but when they do decide not to prop it up, it's going to fall like a rock. Now, when they decide they're going to let it fall, we don't know. They know, but we don't. And that's where I disagree with the whole system of this plunge protection. It's like, well, well, what if I started a company? Would they buy my company stock or would they choose not to? Do they buy Apple and Netflix and not some other businesses? We can't see what they're doing. They don't tell us. Getting back to this thing about taper, they came out in November because they, they want to make people feel like they're, they've got everything under control, that they're going to fix the deficit, 
and that they're working on things. So they say they're going to taper. Now, the, what they mean by taper is this. They've confessed to buying $130 billion a month in certain uh, secure, like mortgage-backed securities. I believe they also buy some commercial bonds. Uh, I'm not sure how much. Like I say, I, I don't have time to keep up with all these details, but I do listen to guys who do keep up with the details, and here's what happened. They came out and said in November that they were going to immediately taper, and instead of buying $130 billion a month, they're going to only buy $115 billion a month. So they claimed that they were going to be tapering that $15 billion less. So that's what, that's what it means by taper. So essentially, if they were to taper, in other words, if they were to buy less, they would be reducing the increase in the deficit, which would be a good thing. Well, guess what? A guy named Rafi Rafi Farber, I think his name is. He's like an economist type. I think he's from Israel. I'm not sure he lives in the U.S. Maybe he's in Canada. Well, he looked it up, and guess what? They didn't taper. They increased. He, he showed that it went from like 130 per month to 140 per month. My point is, is that they lie. They lie right to our faces. It's there to be looked up and figured, but most people don't have the time to do that. Most people don't understand all this stuff. I don't understand it. Uh, there's things called the repo window, the repo market, reverse repos. Um, there's so many things. I, I don't understand how it all works. A lot, of, Most people don't. But the people who do look into it, they analyze it and they show you that, yes, we're we're go, the dollar's going to go to oblivion here because of all this uh, debt that we keep pumping into the system. So like I said, so far so good if you've held on to your stock market stuff because it keeps going up. But if they decide not, it's not whether they decide to pull a plug, it's whether they decide to stop buying all this stuff. And if and when they stop buying it, down it down she goes. So this is what I wanted to read to you about this Dodd-Frank law that passed in 2010. It says, how Dodd-Frank made it legal for banks to confiscate funds during a banking crisis. And this is from, where did I get this? Oh. Well, just look up Dodd-Frank confiscate funds. I'm sure it'll come right up. Just go to DuckDuckGo and look that up. So this article says, Should another financial crisis befall us, rendering a number of too-big-to-fail banks insolvent, the good news is that taxpayers will no longer be forced to bail them out. The bad news is that these large Wall Street banks can now legally bail themselves out internally referred to as bail-ins, using depositor funds. Thanks to Dodd-Frank, if you happen to hold your money in a savings or checking account at a bank, and if that bank collapses, it can legally freeze and confiscate your funds for purposes of maintaining its solvency. So instead of relying on government funds or taxpayer money to save itself from going bankrupt, a bank can simply dip into your deposit accounts to stabilize itself. To compensate you, the bank will exchange your money for its equivalent value in company shares. 
In other words, if a bank fails, it takes your money and hands you an equivalent amount of shares in its failing operation. Ethical? No. Legal? Yes. Again, like I was saying about these, quote, elected officials, the fact that they would vote for something like this only 12 years ago or 11 to 12 years ago, are these really the people we voted for? I'm beginning to wonder. Let's look at it from a big picture perspective. A bank takes on reckless risks, achieves near bankruptcy, crashes the economy in the process as what happened in 2008, and retains the privilege of seizing your money to save itself? Where's the accountability in all this? How is this even legally permissible? Well, thanks to Dodd-Frank, the banks can legally activate Orderly Liquidation Authority, OLA, as stated in Title II of the Dodd-Frank Act. When you open a checking and savings account, the money you deposit is money that now legally belongs to the bank. So if you don't technically own your own money, then what do you own? Simple. You own an IOU issued by the bank. From the bank's perspective, your money is an unsecured debt. Sadly, Dodd-Frank has set the whole thing up so that derivatives, highly leveraged assets, take precedence over your deposit accounts when it comes to banks paying off their debts. Counterparties to these derivatives get first dibs. Customer deposits are secondary. Sure, the FDIC may attempt to come to your rescue. The problem is that the FDIC's total assets, which are in the billions, are dwarfed by the value of outstanding derivatives, which are in the trillions. Although your deposits are protected up to the maximum insurance limit of 250000 this promise is predicated on the FDIC having enough funds to cover each and every account holder's deposit claims. Take J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank of America as both have commingled derivatives with deposits. Both have deposits well over $1 trillion, and both hold outstanding derivatives whose total values exceed the entire global GDP. What happens if they become insolvent? Such a disaster would trigger orderly liquidation authority protocols. In short, a bail-in. Title II orderly liquidation authority essentially allows the banking system to freeze your funds and take 50% or more of it in order to save the bank's balance sheets, similar to what happened in Cyprus during their financial crisis in 2012. And I was going to point out that this did happen in Cyprus. And I guess it was in 2012. It's mentioned here. Okay, I'll get back to this article. This means that any money you store in a bank becomes unsecured debt, making you an unsecured creditor who must then share the burden of bank losses should it face the prospect of insolvency. And as an unsecured creditor, you have absolutely no legal recourse. I'll let you... I'll let you look that one up. Uh, if you type in Dodd-Frank banks to confiscate funds, I'm sure you'll find it. My point is, these banks are probably already insolvent. And if it wasn't for the fact that the plunge protection team and the Federal Reserve keeps pumping money into all these banks every night in the trillions of dollars, they're probably already insolvent. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not telling you to take all your money out of the bank. I'm just telling you that 
There's two sides to every story and you got to quit believing only one side. You've got to at least think and think for yourself on this and look into it a little bit and make sure that your money is safe. Of course, buying gold is the way to have money insurance if and when the dollar collapses. I'm not saying it will. I, I know it will. I am saying it will. I don't know when it will, but I'm just hoping to help you protect yourself and not not lose out during one of these bail-ins. That would be a real a real bummer. Thanks for listening to Business Buzz. I appreciate you taking part of your busy day and spending it with me. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Have a great rest of the day, and I will be back on Business Buzz next Tuesday. Thanks again. KKXX Paradise K280GL Chico and K283AR Chico Yuba City Marysville News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Jason Walker. Hundreds of motorists were stranded on I-95 in Virginia overnight. One of them was Senator Tim Kaine. There was some nice camaraderie among all of us who were stopped. I mean, a lot of people have kids with them. They're coming back from Christmas breaks. They have elderly folks. I just was watching a a woman take her dog out of her car and walk her dog. Um, And it was really, really cold last night. Kane telling WTOP radio he was lucky. It was nerve wracking overnight. And I'll tell you, I, I had two things. I had a heavy coat and I also had a full tank of gas. And the problem is a lot of people, when you're stuck that long between, you know, five miles from an interchange and the traffic isn't moving, Folks are running out of gas. Also at townhall.com, a man accused of setting fire to a South African parliament building has appeared in court. Zandile Christmas Mafe looked unkept and dazed. He arrived in court wearing shorts and a creased shirt. The 49-year-old faces charges of arson, theft and housebreaking. The prosecutor alleged that the suspect was found with explosives at the time of his arrest. But his lawyer insists that his client is innocent and that the police have arrested the wrong person. The case has been postponed for seven days for further investigation. In the meantime, firefighters have managed to contain the fire at the parliamentary precinct that raged for two days. BBC correspondent Omsa Maseka reporting. Landslide at a construction site in southwestern China has killed at least 14 people. Three others have been hurt. Official reports say the cause of that landslide is still under investigation. It is known that workers were building a training facility at a hospital at the time of that landslide. More on these stories at townhall.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. 
we teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Israel, the target of accusations tying it to an infamous form of government. Latest from Media Line's Felice Friedson. Israeli officials are bracing for an onslaught of accusations in international forums that the Jewish state is an apartheid state. Foreign Minister Yair Lapid told reporters on Monday that the strategy of Israel's enemies will be to seek to block the state's participation in sporting and cultural events. Such a move would validate the campaign while creating political disunity in the already tenuous government of Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. Increased pressure on the International Criminal Court is also expected, creating the possibility that travel to those nations who are part of the ICC could become off-limits to Israeli political and military figures as a practical result of its findings. I'm Felice Friedson, Town Hall News, Jerusalem. Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com.